This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Online Enquirer podcast, and he's back, but he's different. Uh, he's got that dad glow about him. It's Derek Pfeiffer, uh, new father to baby Cade, and uh, Haley and Derek are surviving, it sounds like, uh, the early days. Derek, how's it feel to be a dad? And welcome back, man. Good to see you. Oh, it's good to be back. Good to come up for air out of the baby bunker. Uh, you're feeling a lot of different things. Uh, fatigue, for sure, but uh definitely you know happiness with the little guy and uh he makes you happy he makes you stress he makes you uh, a little bit of everything as you warned me you forewarned me that you're gonna feel all these emotions uh to the nth degree but uh yeah it's it's pretty special a special process to go through and uh more love and admiration for my wife for bringing him into this world and everything that she does so uh, I'm just playing my part and, and taking it day by day. It's a fluid situation. Sometimes, oh, he's happy, he's sleeping, this is great, and oh, he's screaming his head off, and uh, we're panicking. So uh, <laughs> everything in between. It sounds like fatherhood right there, especially the early yeah. days of fatherhood. So uh, despite getting like the, the dad 101, learning uh, placenta, uh, meconium, all these different things you got to learn as a dad, um, how would you describe your role now? Uh, like in basketball terms of – Obviously, Haley's the go-to player here. Yes. Cade's the, the, the baby superstar you're raising here. Like, what, what's Derek Piper's role on this team? I kind of feel like a freshman. I'm just <laughs> trying to, to play defense and, and play hard and just be willing to do anything that it takes and uh, make sure I'm going to the leader and asking what they need, and that being Haley, and, and she directs me around. So uh, we do the diaper changes pretty well. I think we get the pit crew going on. That's <laughs> definitely the best way to do it now. That's not always going to be it. So I, I've done a couple solos, and, and really that hasn't been as bad as I've expected. Of course, I knock on wood with anything I say like that. But, uh, yeah, uh, we're, we're doing some bottles, and that's going. He, he prefers the other method, but uh, that allows me to, to hold him and everything. So I just kind of play my role, uh, try to be as positionless as I can be and, and fit into whatever I'm needed. Yeah, I think we got every kind of uh, basketball recruit reference we could uh, when you announced it on Twitter. But uh, good to see Cade. Like, what, 99th percentile height? We might actually have a hooper. I mean, the yeah. Pipers are Not, tend to be 95th taller. 95th percentile in height. Uh, he's gained a lot of the, the weight back to lose the weight after uh, you're born. So he came in at, let's see, he was 21 inches long and 8'5". Uh, so uh, as far as the weight, he's got really long arms, big hands, big feet. Uh, he's going to be <laughs> – he keeps on that – for projectile he's, he's gonna be pretty big get the combine numbers here here coming in um yeah Derek happy for for you and Haley man and hey are you willing to share the, the story the name yeah actually uh we were at Io's NBA draft party and uh Haley and I were up there and, and watching the draft and Cade Cunningham was the first pick of the draft and uh, from that moment on, Haley really that stuck with her as far as a name that she really wanted. I was pushing for 
Troy was my favorite, uh, you know, going back to when I was uh, was growing up. But Cade really stuck out, and and that was ultimately ultimately the number one pick, uh, just like Cade Cunningham was in this last draft. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, you got a generation of Shacks, you got a generation of Kobe's, and now the the generation of Cades. Maybe Lucas will start. I'm I'm not sure. We'll see what, what yeah. happens there. Uh, all right, Derek. So let's get caught up to speed, man. I know you kind of kept your pulse on this despite everything. Uh, Illinois basketball is in in the midst of this great offseason overhaul. And uh, before we get into, you know, who they're adding, you know, Matthew Meyer, Pete Nance kind of top targets, it seems like right now. Uh, we know five guys are, are coming back unless they enter the portal and are willing to sit out a year. So you get five guys back, you get four freshmen. What would you think of Brad Underwood and, and this staff and the five guys they're able to keep around. Maybe Brandon Lieb surprises some people. Maybe Coleman Hawkins scared some people for a little bit there. Uh, but what do you think about the roster that's coming back and is still going to be here? I think outside of Kofi, you would have graded Coleman Hawkins and RJ Melendez as probably the top two that you would have wanted back after last season. Of course, those that know what Andre Carballo is when he's fully healthy and, and back to his freshman season, I understand that he was polarizing some were, were done with him and we're fine with him moving on. And uh, if he were to come back, I think that others would have hoped that he'd get back to that that level. But to keep Coleman around, to keep RJ, uh, those were ones that maybe you're just wondering about how they see their, their fit, their role, and making sure that they're happy. So to have them here, uh, you're hearing some good things about Dane. Of course, we've heard good things about Omar Payne too. So uh, you, you got to wait and see that thing play out. But he's very skilled and, and that's exciting as well. Uh, and then, I mean, how could you not love the freshman group uh, with Sky and Epps and Harris and, and Ty Rogers? So a lot of potential with that group. And as we've talked about before, a top 10 rated class. So, uh, yeah, and, and Luke Goody, another one coming back. I think that obviously you would have liked to to reel Kofi back in for another year. And, and we can talk about some of these additions uh, that they're hoping to make. And then, of course, Terrence Shannon Jr. was a big one. Uh, to really bring in an impact player and, and something they didn't have on this roster. So, uh, yeah, I think that all in all, it's, it's turned out pretty solid for them and, and potential to add another piece or two could really push them into contention back in the, the top echelon of the Big Ten. Derek, I don't know the before you kind of went on your paternity leave, we thought Terrence Shannon was going to be in Illini. It felt like, you know, at points you were told, hey, that's probably not going to happen. And, and there was all this Michigan buzz. And he was on campus in Ann Arbor. And then Illinois kind of stays in it. Brad Underwood didn't panic and go elsewhere. He kind of wanted to see that one through, it felt like. And now Terrence Shannon's in Illini. So what do you think about how that recruitment went and, and what he means, you know, bringing somebody on that that's, is that proven, that talented uh, on the wing? I think for starters, the fact that the news was breaking when I was in the delivery room wasn't ideal, but it was expected that something like that would happen. But uh, yeah, there was a point right immediately when he hit the portal, the fact that Illinois had recruited him very hard, the fact that he's from Chicago and his mom's still back there. And then for them having a need for getting bigger, more athletic on the wing, it made a lot of sense. And there was immediate buzz for Illinois at that stage of things. But as it kind of progressed, you started to hear Michigan buzz, as you were saying. And uh, there was some pumping of the brakes kind of around the Atlantic camp about, well, you know, he, he makes a lot of sense for us, but I, I don't know that that's ultimately going to work out. And uh, based on what Hunter Dickinson has shared with the world, it sounded like uh, to confirm that, you know, Michigan was – probably his preference and, and where he was ultimately going to go. And when that didn't work out, then Illinois was able to 
stay in position to land him at that point and, and work things out on the academic side. And then still the fit was there and, and all the things that made sense for him. So uh, we, we talked about on the wing and just the big guards, the big athletic wings that gave Illinois problems last year. I think that Shannon's a two-way guy, a guy that plays great in transition. He's as explosive as anybody that was out there in the portal. So uh, adding that athleticism, adding the fact that he can play above the rim, and then be someone that at the defensive end at six foot six and, and a wingspan that's impressive and just kind of that mobility, he can check some guys, whether it be at the two, whether it be on the wing. Uh, I mean, he was part of some really impressive defensive units at Texas Tech. So uh, that was a very good addition and one that put him with RJ as, as your guys kind of two, three or on the wing. That's it's pretty good. Pretty good pair right there. That's a huge, uh, huge upgrade in terms of size, strength, athleticism. You pair that with Coleman Hawkins, Dane Danger, and you hope, you know, obviously Ty Rogers with Goody, and then you hope another front court piece. Illinois is definitely getting bigger, stronger, more athletic. Um, what, what do you think about him in the half court, Derek? Um, I don't know if that's the strength of his, more kind of a, a guy who can make set shots, kind of a catch and shoot guy, but also can be a slasher. But uh, ball handling doesn't seem to be his strength do you think he's got another gear do you think illinois can can unlock another gear there because he is a guy that's getting buzzed as a potential you know nba draft pick next year yeah i think that one thing was very encouraging was just his catch and shoot numbers went uh, really really took a big step last year going up into like the the top 80 top 90 percent tile as far as catch and shoot three-point guy so off the ball i think that he can make a you know be productive in the half court in that kind of a sense. Uh, and also as a slasher, if things break down and he's got a, a lane from the, the corner or from the wing, he's going to be able to to go to the basket. And he had some back issues last year. And you look at kind of his rebounding rate and also his free throw rate, because he had been a guy in his previous seasons that got to the free throw line at a pretty high frequency. So I think that that's something that in the half court, if he can get a driving lane to at least go and, and absorb some contact and get to the free throw line, and he's been an 80-plus percent free throw shooter at least here recently so I think that that's something that he could add to the half court but yeah he hasn't been someone that you really run your offense through like you put him in a ball screen I know that he's been in some of those situations his efficiency has not been very high though and his mid-range jump shot needs to get better but if you look back at his high school I mean he was a prolific scorer on Macaroon Fire and someone that get a bucket from anywhere so I'm sure that they're hoping that they can get him to similar to Io, kind of find that mid-range game, that in-between game. If people are going to close out hard on his threes and wall up in the paint, can he hit that mid-range shot to kind of just make him a three-level score? I'm sure that they're going to try to do that. I'm sure they think that they can get that out of him. All right, Derek, so we're imagining here a lineup of Sky Clark, Jaden Epps at the one, Terrence Shannon, R.J. Melendez at the two, you know, Coleman Hawkins, Ty Rogers, Luke Goody uh, in that 3-4 mix. And, of course, Coleman could play the five with, with Dane Danger. Uh, so before we get to the potential front court pieces, Joey and I bandied this about. It's been a topic on the, the message board here recently. I do think, like, you'd love to add in an ideal world a guard. It just seems complicated uh, about getting a guard who's interested potentially in sharing the role with freshmen and, you know, um, if you do add a veteran guard of also developing those freshman guards behind them because they're so talented and, you know, I, I know you're always concerned whether freshmen play or not. Sometimes they leave like like uh, Adam Miller, but it just seems like a, a delicate, more delicate situation than the front court. So just what do you think about the possibility of, of adding a guard? Is it realistic? Do you think they can add somebody there? 
I think it's realistic. It, it's got to be a certain type of guard. I think that you look out there and there's some pure scorers. I think that maybe you're not looking for that because you know that Epps and Sky Clark are score first guards, at least at this point in their career, and, and guys that as you kind of forecast their roles next year, expected to have the ball in their hands quite a bit. So I think that you're looking for a guard who could play both on and off the ball, a guy that maybe even is geared towards a facilitating role to kind of set them up, but can be that catch and shoot guy and not be a, a big liability as a shooter. But yeah, now that you have Shannon, who probably, if you're thinking starting lineup, Shannon at the two, RJ at the three, Coleman four, and, and, and then maybe Dane, or if you do get a Pete Nance, and of course things can shuffle if you get Matthew Meyer. Uh, so that one spot, I, I think that there's been an expectation that Sky Clark, if he is fully healthy, would probably be your starting one. Uh, so how does that look for a Courtney Ramey? Is Courtney Ramey willing to come in and compete with him or try to coexist and see what that role ultimately looks like? Uh, I think that Ramey in particular still, in my mind, is a very good fit because of the fact of he doesn't have to be the guy as far as a scorer, he can be a catch and shoot weapon. And, and defensively, you're still looking at him as, as someone that could really make an impact. As you talk talk about like the top on ball guys uh, trying to match up with them. I think that Ramey makes sense. Even Malachi Smith, I think it'd be interesting in terms of how he sees what his role would be here. Uh, someone that put up 20 a game in Chattanooga and we know it can shoot the three as well. So uh, I think it is complicated. I think you're right in terms of a sell and it's not easy to say, come right in and have a, a huge role or however big a role as you want because of those freshmen, how talented they are. But uh, I still think that it'd be very valuable. I think that I, I personally think for Illinois to have the type of season that fans are probably going to want, you're going to want a veteran ball handler back there because otherwise you just never know. I mean, we've had some really talented guards come into the Big Ten and struggle with efficiency, turnovers, and uh, we still haven't seen Sky Clark be consistently healthy for a while too. So I think that's something to consider as well. Yeah, I have a hard time – like I would have a hard time as a coach, Derek, feeling comfortable going going into the season. Not because you don't think those guys are talented or eventually they'll be able to handle it. It's one, the Big Ten is wide open. I, I mean, with the potential of Diabate and Houston and Trace Jackson, David, Chris Murray, like all those guys are in the combine. We'll talk about that here in a second, but Illinois could be a major player if they had a guard like a Courtney Ramey or, you know, if there's a mid-major guy that's you know, I know Mike Smith and, and Devontae Jones were both really highly ranked transfers, but like guys like that, if you could add somebody like that, I, I think you could be one of the favorites again in, in the Big Ten. And Or if Sky Clark isn't fully healthy or if Jade Neps isn't ready or Sincere Harris isn't ready, like uh, you're, you don't have many guards. There's three real ball handlers, maybe two, uh, on this roster, and both those guys are freshmen. So I agree with you there. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Let's talk about the big guys, though, because that is the clear. Like, there is a 25-plus minute a game role there because Dane Danger has played nine minutes in college. Coleman Hawkins is going to play 25-plus minutes. Right? As long as he plays well and does takes care of his business, uh, he's going to be a major part of this team. But Illinois seems to be being patient here, Derek, and there seems to be a reason behind it. Matthew Meyer at Baylor, Pete Nance at Northwestern, both in the transfer portal, both in the draft. I would expect both would come back to college most likely because uh, neither has gotten an NBA draft combine invite. Uh, Mayer didn't even get a G League camp invite. And, uh, or Myers, excuse me. And then uh, Nance got the G League camp invite. So what do you think of the pursuit of those two? Uh, there's debate of who would you rather have. I don't think we should be debating that. It's who wants to sign up because either of those guys could make Illinois really good just in different ways. Yeah, either guy would move the needle a lot and would really provide a lot of value. Proven commodities, very experienced. Um, obviously, Meyer playing at a national championship level and love his versatility on defense and the fact that he could probably guard two through five. Uh, I think that there is a talk of just kind of the style of the Big Ten and maybe needing more of an answer as a defensive five man, and maybe that's Pete Nance. And, yeah, you can have preferences, and I understand – if you think Nance is more offensively dynamic, but you like Meyer being maybe more of that up-tempo, positionless, switchable defense type of – I mean, either one would be phenomenal. And, and the fact that now we're kind of in a little bit of a holding pattern like you were talking about with Nance going to the G League combine, hoping to then parlay that and get an invite to the NBA combine. Uh, and Meyer, I, I don't know what he's ultimately going to do in terms of pulling out. I know that there's – talks of intentions of staying in but I think that everybody as we've even seen with Illinois players Io and Kofi guys enter their names in the draft trying to go as hard as they can towards getting picked or getting professional opportunity before then they ultimately come back so that June 1st date in turn until you withdraw is, is really what we got to keep an eye on but uh, either one of those guys would really put you in a situation where you talk about starting lineups I think Nance and Coleman as a four or five type of duo make a lot of sense and, and can really complement each other and space the floor. And uh, defensively, I love that what they could potentially bring there. And you got RJ and Terrence. And, and if you're starting Sky Clark, I mean, that's, that's super talented or slide in Matthew Meyer, whether it be him at the four and, and Coleman at the five and Dane off the bench or however that looks, because Meyer can really slot in in a couple of different spots and be a three point shooter. I mean, that's, that's pretty exciting just to have those options after missing, you know, missing that opportunity to bring Kofi back and, and just kind of what that would look like. Those are two very high caliber guys. Nance makes so much sense from a fit perspective, right? When you talk about a guy who can play the four and the five, you can put Coleman, you know, kind of at the five offensively a little bit. You know, Pete can play there too. Both those guys are, are pretty good defenders. Coleman obviously a little bit more versatile, but you feel like Nance could body up at least Hunter Dickinson and Zach Eady, the two true fives coming back. Cliff Omaruri, another guy we got to be talking about uh, with the fives in the Big Ten, but. Matthew Meyer, the, the fit there just intrigues the heck out of me, Derek, because the one word I keep using with him, if, if he comes to Illinois, that's going to be one of the most entertaining Illinois teams we've seen. I mean, we talk about the flying Illini. You got Meyer, Hawkins, uh, Ty Rogers, RJ Melendez, Terrence Shannon with Sky Clark and Jade Nepps. Like, that team is going to run. <laughs> that team is going to get up and down the court, and they're going to pose a lot of issues for the Edies or Dickinsons of the world. So while Illinois would have a huge disadvantage on the low block, right? Um, 
I do think they can rebound, but they obviously have the strength deficit to some of these teams. They also pose a lot of issues for a lot of teams with their versatility and just athleticism and quickness. Like that would be up and down gun it style. And I think Underwood in the past has shown he loves that kind of style. Yeah, I think he would love that. I think defensively, yeah, you'd have some issues one-on-one matchups with the ED. And that's not to say that even if he's on the offensive glass hurting you because you don't have that Kofi-like presence to, to fully box him out or whatever, body him up. But I think that with that kind of length and athleticism, I mean, why not just – why not Houston and double the post on every touch and have guys flying around on the perimeter, rotating and trying to take away passing lanes and create steals? And I think it would be fascinating to see how Brad changes even his defensive style if you're trying to – force some turnovers and just dial it up. I think that athletically you would have the type of pieces to be able to do that. And yeah, they would be up and down fast paced. I mean, Myers is someone that can push it himself in transition, a guy that uh, can attack the rim. That's pretty athletic. That can shoot the three and and different guys that can get the ball on the perimeter, even in the half court and and make a play off the bounce. Myers, another one of those. And that's something that you really like about, uh, you know, Terrence Shannon Jr. potentially being able to, to slash and, and go to the rim. And uh, that's been something they've highly coveted. And uh, Brad offered Matthew Meyer back within a, a month of his getting the job there at Stillwater when he's at Oklahoma State. So uh, he recruited him for a little while. I'm very familiar with him. But at, Nance is the natural fit. I, I don't really worry. I know that had been talked about on the board, the Big Ten experience. Not really worried about that. But the fact that he does make sense in terms of playing – significant minutes at the five defensively at least uh, and then having Coleman as that four man again if you're if you're facing Zach Eady and you got Nance who can kind of be that that initial contact on him and even bring Coleman over for some some length to help on him I think you could do that and offensively Nance like great passer great mid-range game shot over 40 percent from three there's a lot of things you can do with him pick and pop pick and roll uh, and and even like like the mid post type of game is, is really enticing with him as well. Yeah, so I, I totally understand Nance is like, hey, ideal fit, cookie cutter, exactly what you need. Professor Underwood might <laughs> like Meyer a lot with what he could do and what he could change there. I, I mean, Derek, without seeing like and hearing them connected, Brad Underwood said, you're not going to hear us connected with a lot of guys as much as other programs. And we haven't really with other big men. Do you think that's a sign of confidence or is it just a sign that, hey, if we're going to add somebody, it's going to be somebody that good? I think it's a little of both. I think that there is confidence in the fact of the role that they can offer, like you were talking about. Now, like we've we've discussed Dane Danger potentially being your starting five man. That's been an option on the table at least, and to play significant minutes, Coleman Hawkins. But when you lose Kofi, and uh, assuming you're losing Jacob Grandison, then you're going to have big minutes in that front court. So I think there is confidence in in the role that's available, uh, the winning that's Illinois has been able to do, and then. I mean, look, we were talking about the NIL money that Kofi could have got. Well, that's not going to Kofi. I'm not saying that you didn't have to – you have Terrence Shannon commanding some of that, but there's a large commitment there. And, and we even saw Andrew Slater from Pro Insights was talking about Matthew Meyer, probably just a big factor in his recruitment and probably a lot of them in terms of he's coming back to college is what's the best offer, what's the best setup he can get NIL-wise. And we already saw – Illinois, North Carolina war with Dawson Garcia last offseason when that be revisited with did, Meyer. Did he get that, that million? Insane. Did Dawson Garcia get that million? <laughs> I don't think he did. No, I don't <laughs> think he did. So, um, but yeah, I, I think that Illinois from a NIL perspective, fit, uh, role, everything, I think there is confidence there. 
Uh, but yeah, they're, they're going to be selective. And, and if they don't get one of those two guys, there might be another piece or two in that draft process that decides to come back to college and then enter the portal. And then that, maybe that deadline, like we've talked about with May 1st, doesn't matter there in terms of them being eligible. Derek, let's talk about that. Uh, Kofi gets invited to the combine. I, I think that's a good sign for him. I don't know if that means he'll get drafted, but I, I did a little research and of the 64 guys uh, who were participating in the combine, some of the guys turned it down because they were so good they didn't need to go to the combine. But of the 64 college guys that, that went to the combine, 67% got drafted, 43 of them. Uh, eight returned to college, and 16 went undrafted. Uh, but a lot of those guys obviously signed with G League or, or got the two-way contract. So that seems like a good sign for, for Kofi that he's got a chance here, right? I think he's going to have a chance to get on NBA training camp, certainly, uh, and then work his way into a role. But you know, NBA GMs and executives vote on this, and they wanted to see Kofi, and he didn't get that last year. So he did help his stock. I, I think we can say that. Yeah, for sure. And it's very exciting for him with the opportunity that he's uh, going to be presented with to prove himself against that field, that field of NBA draft. You know, the guys that are going to be projecting the lottery, the guys that are going to be projected draft picks are all going to be there at the NBA Combine. And he's got a chance to prove himself as maybe being worthy as of a late second round pick or whatever it might be. Uh, so, yeah, in that type of a sense, not being back in the G League camp uh, and not being in the, in the NBA Combine. So they feel like they want to take a closer look at him. They're, they're, he's done some things, maybe show, flashing the jump shot a little bit, uh, passing it better than he did last season. Uh, he is, and the feedback was this spring, like two-way contract was probably his most likely outcome and something that teams were definitely intrigued by with him. So uh, he's got a, good ch a chance to go earn it now, and he's going to be playing at least in the G League. Now, you want hit for him in terms of especially – to make financial sense of his decision to be a two-way contract versus just a straight-up G League deal because then he'd leave, have left a lot of money on the table there at Illinois versus what he ultimately got. But uh, it's going to be very intriguing to, to hear and see what the feedback is on Kofi out of that combine and kind of if he is going to work his way into that set late second round or if it's going to be what it's ultimately going to look like because now it's just him at that level trying to prove some doubters wrong and we'll, we'll see if he can do that. Yeah, we've had a hit on it ad nauseum that the NBA is kind of not his kind of style of game anymore, but there is still guys that have his kind of skill set. I think Andre Drummond is, is somebody he can look at and say, hey, we need a big physical enforcer that can rebound and, and play some decent interior defense, knowing he's going to give up something, but that he can make up for it. Like, I still think there's a team or some teams that could want that piece uh, eventually. Derek, I do want to talk about this as well. Um, s reportedly, we haven't seen the official list yet, but Chris Murray also is going to the NBA Draft Combine. Caleb Houston and, and, and Musa Diabate are going there. Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, the Big Ten could lose so much talent here. I, 15 of the 17 guys are not guaranteed to come back that were on the All-Big Ten team last year. The only two coming back for sure are Zach Eady and Hunter Dickinson. So those guys are going to have pretty good years next year. Not to say the Big Ten's not going to have good teams or be as talented, but, man, this could be wide open. I had Michigan as a team that I thought could be great. Michigan State, Max Christie's going to be at the Combine most likely as well. He's not guaranteed to come back. I thought him and Chris Murray and, and potentially Houston and Diabate could be first-rounders if they came back for another year or maybe even – uh, lottery picks but can't blame those guys if those guys are top 45 picks and just get in the league right away 
what do you make of that? Like, I'm trying to think of who I would have as my number one team, and there's potential Illinois, Michigan State, Michigan. I thought Indiana could take a step forward, but if they don't have Trace Jackson Davis, like, they're going to be young and inexperienced. So what do you make of all this, man? A lot of opportunity for a team like Illinois. If you're trying to, to stack this this roster up and, and be in contention for potentially even – it's crazy to say you if you would have told – you know, mid-season if, hey, you're going to lose Curbelo and Kofi in the offseason and are you going to compete, compete for a Big Ten title? I, I don't know uh, if people would buy into that. But, uh, yeah, I think that Michigan has the most to, to gain or lose. I think if they were to get Houston and, and Diabate back with Dickinson in that class they have, I mean, they would be ridiculous. But if they were to lose both those guys and all of a sudden there's a lot more uncertainty, uh, I – I'm interested by Trace Jackson Davis's decision because I agree with you. You get Tamar Bates, who was a five-star freshman last year, and he's coming back now in a year to take a step forward. Race Thompson, uh, if they, they were to get him back for another year, uh, Indiana could be in position to take a significant step forward. You got Jalen Hood Shapiro as a, another five-star coming in this class, so they're going to be talented if he were to to return. Chris Murray is, is a crazy one. Like, Iowa's got to be, oh, man, like – did not think Keegan would leave after two years. And if he lost Chris too, I mean, that would be, it'd be hard to swallow. But, but, but if Chris is a top 40 pick, like he's an yeah. older guy. Like I think he's 21, him and his brother, 21, 22 years old. Like you might have to, I, I would have to go if I, if I'm those guys. And Iowa was a team, Derek, that I kind of liked even with losing Keegan Murray, because you know, the McCaffrey's are back um, to Toussaint. I know left, but they had some really good guards. I think Tony Perkins can be one of the better yeah. guards in, in the big 10. So I thought they had a really good chance for Bracha. I know it wasn't great last year, but he's back. Like I thought that could be one of the better teams in the Big Ten yet again. And if Chris Murray's gone, no, I'm probably not going to have them in there. No, definitely not. I know they were even linked to potentially Trey Mitchell. Are they going to have the guy with the, the great suits on the sideline there in Iowa City? I, I don't know about that. They might need him if, if Chris Murray's going to join this group as well of of guys leaving, but everything coming uh, up Wisconsin, Derek. That's what this all is leading to. Oh my gosh! <laughs> right? <laughs> Who knows? Ready for Tyler Wall, Stephen Crow, and and Chucky Hepburn taking over the Big Ten. That's where this is How leading. About that. I mean, it, I can't doubt it anymore. I've doubted it too many years, and they, they keep proving me wrong. But yeah, I, I, it'd be hard to argue. Yeah, like you said, Chris Murray, if he's top forty pick, if he's going to go, I, you can't can't argue with that. But if he were to come back, I would still like that Iowa squad quite a bit as well. Yeah, Ohio State's changing over so much. They've been busy as anybody in the Big Ten in the portal with four guys coming in, including some talented guys. I just don't know how it's all going to fit together. It's kind of like they're the Texas this year, though, not quite as high quality. So it's just wide open. It's going to make for a fun race. I think it could be, if you end up being a down year for the Big Ten, like how many top 15 teams are there going to be in the preseason polls? Not that those matter, but – uh, I, I don't think there's going to be many of them, but if you're in Illinois and Derek, you're expecting this rebuild year and you're seeing all these other teams rebuild and you're adding Terrence Shannon and Matthew and maybe one of Meyer or Nance, plus a top 10 recruiting class, plus an RJ Melendez and Coleman Hawkins coming back. Like you got the potential to be getting some of those votes again in the preseason poll to, to win the big 10. Yeah, you would. And it would be about that guard group living up to its potential, at least being solid enough in their freshman seasons if you're not going to add that veteran guard piece or say it's not a huge splash like a Courtney Ramey but if you were to get like you said Nance or Meyer and, and throw it into the mix with everything that you already have you'd have a lot of pieces and a lot of potential if some of these guys do stay in the draft to, 
maybe even be the favorite, be, you know, top three projected preseason poll. I mean, what's Purdue going to be? They got to find a point guard. And that's a good uh, point. Like, I, Edie coming back. I mean, Edie coming back's huge. And they still got Gillis and, and, you know, a bunch of those guys who were role players last year killed Illinois and West Lafayette. That's a team that, like, Jaden Ivey was so good, Derek, but there was just kind of this, like, he had already moved on, like, halfway through the year that I wonder, like, this team's not going to be better than last year's Purdue team, but they might play better together. Like, they should be better defensively. That's a team that in the regular season is probably going to be pretty good. Like, you know, Painters, I, I give, I always give Painter teams a little bit of a boost in my preseason just because regular season, they are usually so good. Oh yeah, I mean, it must have been after that Illinois Purdue game in West Lafayette that Ivy then packed it in because he was he was engaged that night there. <laughs> not not he, packed it in. It was just kind of like, eh, I'll turn it on every once in a while when I want to. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, I get what you mean. Uh, but certainly, yeah, <laughs> Matt Painter knows how to win in, in the regular season. I mean, you're going to have Edie. That's going to be something that it's going to be tough for anybody to stop. And uh, they're still involved with some of these yeah. high caliber point guards. They missed on Nigel Pack. They're expected to land him until. The big boatload of money came in from Miami, and he went down there. I mean, can you imagine making 400k a year and being a college student in Miami? That'd be pretty good life. So I don't, I don't blame Nigel for that. Pretty good. Purdue, step it up. Your NIL collectives got to step it up here a little bit. I mean, I I think that's a great role. Anybody who wants to come in and be a lead guard for for a team with Zach Eady and, and Brandon Newman, I think can be really good. Gillis first, Ethan Morton, I think is going to be a player. Big Ten teams hate, um, so yep. yeah, I think I think they could still be pretty good as well. But man, there's so much to play out here, and and Derek will cover it all uh, between feedings, between changings. Right. Uh, we appreciate you coming on with us now, but hey, congratulations to you and Haley, man, and uh, we'll ha- we'll be happy to get you back a little bit, but still enjoy this time with uh, the new clan, the new team Piper over there. I sure will. I appreciate that. It's good talking hoops instead of, you know, what's going on in the diaper these days or when he's going down for a nap. It was refreshing to come back and talk some ball. So I'll, I'll be excited to, to work my way back in. And I appreciate you guys covering while I was gone. I, I know we're men and we're disgusting, but have you ever talked so much about poop in your life? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. The color of it, the, the texture. Nope, nope. We have not gotten that deep into it until now. It's I've a, seen a lot of things that I haven't haven't seen and talked about before so it's a bonding experience with your wife right like it's just uh, yeah that's like the highlight of your day is talking that all right Derek piper get some sleep man uh, we'll talk to you soon i'll try we'll, we'll talk <laughs> great stuff great to see and talk with Derek piper and good to hear that taylor and kate are doing pretty well as they figure out this uh this new life all together as a family it's, it's awesome to see but great stuff on the Illinois basketball. Hope you enjoyed that. Derek will start to get more involved here as he comes off his, his paternity leave. We want to make sure they got to spend this really important and, and special time together. But Derek said he's got some stuff on the way at Illini Inquirer, so be on the lookout for that as Illinois basketball's offseason continues. Looking for a few, maybe, uh, pieces to add to the 2022-23 roster. And, of course, we'll cover the heck out of it at IlliniInquire.com. Thank you all for listening to the Illini Inquire podcast. Give us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, if you love the video content, we got some basketball stuff coming up, a basketball series, uh, a breakdown of of each player on the roster. We'll have that coming up on YouTube uh, as well. So check us out, Illini Inquire on YouTube. Subscribe to us, follow us, hit the notifications bell. That helps us out as well. All right, everybody, have a great day. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast.
I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. Now, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.